Welcome to the Talent Brand Podcast by Talent Brand Alliance. My name is Will Staney. I'm CEO at Proactive Talent and co-founder of the Talent Brand Alliance with my fellow co-founder, Brian Cheney. Hey there, this is Brian, Director of Employer Brand at Indeed and co-founder of the Talent Brand Alliance. Now, the Talent Brand Alliance is a community for recruitment marketing and employer branding professionals who want to connect with and learn from their peers both online and offline. We're here to talk and learn about all things recruitment marketing, talent brand building, and talent brand technology with the employee experience storytellers that do this every day. You ready? Let's go. Hello and welcome to the first talent brand podcast of 2019. Happy New Year. I'm really excited about our our guest today. Shonda Zillick, who is the employer brand leader at Qualtrics. I've had the pleasure of, of working with Shonda in the past. Uh, she's one of my favorite, favorite, favorite people in the space. She's so smart. I love seeing her speak. And she's going to be a facilitator at the next Talent Brand Summit in March. She is. That's right. <laughs> well, Happy New Year, Shonda. Happy New Year. Welcome. Happy New Year to you guys, too. So, Shonda, for- It's amazing. Uh-huh. We'll have to get all our whiteout to get. We'll have to get all our whiteout out, right, or our backspace uh, to delete the eighteen for the nineteen. That's right. Uh, and and I've got my white pants. Is that customary at the beginning of your white pants? I think you're not supposed no. to do it at, after Labor Day. Oh, no white pants. Mm. Sorry. Have to wait till Memorial have- Day. All right. Yep. All right. Although you live in Austin, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, no one will care. Besides, <laughs> he meant white shorts. Really, is what he said. <laughs> Just like the video version of this podcast, most meetings I do, uh, you can't even see below the waist anyway. So I can really wear whatever pants I want. Yeah. Anyways, um, thanks for that visual. On the topic, <laughs> for those that don't know Shonda, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, Shonda. Like, tell us more about your your current role uh, and, and your company. Sure. Yeah. So I do work for Qualtrics. Um, I am our global talent brand lead here and. It's been a short but a fun ride so far for me. I actually started here about six months ago. It's probably about seven months ago now. Time flies when you're having fun. Um, but started as their first person outside of everyday recruiters, really, in their talent team talent or recruiting function where um, the talent director here said, you know, I really want to bring in somebody that can help with the employment brand side of things, can work with our company brand and our marketing brand. And um, so he caught me uh, in a moment, I, I'll say, because, you know, it's uh, we don't really take those recruiter calls very often. And I, GE was, in, I was actually at General Electric before this and, and it wasn't doing great, but at the same time, I was fine with staying there and learning through the hard times. And he caught me on a moment. I thought about this company and, and really it was within maybe 10 minutes. And I thought, what in the world? Because what Qualtrics is, is it's actually a software platform that basically crunches data and provides data insights for over 9,000 companies around the world. So, and it's data insights that connect the customer experience to the employee experience, to the brand experience, to the product experience. And what does that lead me to think about in employment wow. brand? But ROI, the candidate experience, candidate experience yeah. and the data that tells the story of what you've been able to achieve. 
Awesome. And that's what happened, right? Within the 10 minutes, I thought to myself, wait a minute, this is like what I believe in. I believe in this data that needs to tell the story. And right now I'm still trying to sell that to people. And, and here's, there's this company that already not only like believes it, but yeah. that's what they do. And uh, so within 10 minutes, I was like, oh, I need to think about this. And um, at the time I was living in Louisville, Kentucky with my family. And he said, oh, you'll have to relocate to Utah. And I said, oh, uh, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. And, um, and I, I kind of let it go. And, and that night, my husband actually said to me, he's like, what is, what is up with you? You have like this glow. And uh, I said, oh, you know, I, I talked to this talent director this afternoon. And he's like, where is it at? And I said, yeah, I don't, I don't even want to talk about it, you know, and and uh, anyways, I ended up telling him Utah, and he said, I think I could see myself living there. He had never visited. He had no idea. <laughs> he liked <laughs> um, the sound of Utah. Move to the yeah. desert. I, I think, I think, well, you know, and I think looking back on it, I told him, I was like, is it just because there's not really that many natural disasters there? Because I had had, you know, job offers in San Diego and Florida and that sort of thing. And he's like, yeah, I kind of like it because it's going to be like the middle of, of the United States. But all in all, I, like I mean, you're, you're apocalyptic proof. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Well, we'll see. There's a huge fault line here that's like over a hundred years from like past when it was supposed to. Oh, wow. Like have an earthquake. So that's okay. Yeah, I, when I, I, I took a new job and moved across the country and uh, within three months uh, experienced uh, uh, earthquakes and fires and pretty much every natural disaster that right. California has to offer. Uh, so I, I get you. Yeah. You never, you never know. What was that like? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you were there too. <laughs> yeah. I, I relocated as well. So tell us about, tell us just a little bit about uh, how your family has uh, grown accustomed to Utah. What is, tell us about that. Yeah. So it was interesting. I had never been here either. I flew in for my interviews and I literally was actually a little worried that I had gotten on the wrong flight because there were snow capped mountains. And I was shocked because like you already said, Will, uh, I thought it was the middle of the desert. I thought it was, Utah was supposed to be the desert. Mm -hmm. And um, so when I, when I figured out, you know, hey, mate, this is actually beautiful. I, mean, I can remember actually gasping out loud the first morning when I was going to my interview, seeing this, this mountain in front of me. Um, I, I went back and I got, you know, got my husband, we came out and visited and we kind of said, you know, hey, let's look at this as an adventure. Let's look at this as a family adventure. Um, Actually, the more I considered the option, the more I realized it was really exercising a different part of my brain, an employment brand than what I had been doing. And we kind of looked at that as a family. It was living in a different area than anything we had ever experienced before. Um, so we looked at it as an adventure. We came out here. We, we, I've always been a person wherever I live to try to become part of the community, right? And, and figure out what, to do, what there is to do here. So we, Soak in the culture. Yeah. So we went at it a hundred percent, went on hikes during the summer. We're now learning to ski. Um, I can tell you some fun stories of my four-year-old darting past me and I can't get to her and she's all excited and doing great. Um, but the thing is, is two months in my 10 year old looked at me and he goes, mom, we said this was going to be an adventure, but we're not going to go back. Right. So, um, <laughs> I think that just lends itself to show you it was more than we even expected it. To it's be. been really cool. I mean, I, I'm, I'm lucky to be Facebook friends with you and, and have seen you kind of make this big move with your family, which who are adorable by the way. And then, and then how you've just really embraced and like are just really enjoying being that area. But I think most people don't understand that, that Provo Utah is a huge and growing tech hub. There's a lot of yeah. big tech companies out there, including Qualtrics. 
Um, yep. Like Ancestry.com is out there and some others. It's, it's a really, really interesting and growing metropolis. Yeah. It's amazing. The companies we're, we're literally like almost like at least once a week, we're like, Oh my gosh, I didn't know that was headquartered here, you know? And, uh, they actually have, it's called Silicon slopes. Yep. Um, yep. because there's so many tech companies coming here. The cost of living is honestly very comparable to Kentucky, mm-hmm. uh, except for housing. Housing's a little bit more expensive just because Kentucky is the cheapest in the United States, I think. Yep. Um, but it is, I think there's over half a million people are supposed to move here within the next couple of years, even. Yeah. A, a lot of people are moving in, you know, from mm-hmm. the coast and there's a huge migration. So it's natural disaster. I, I don't know. <laughs> It's cost of living. Mostly. I think it is cost of yeah. living. Yeah. It is. Um, it is. And they have a lot to offer now. They're really, they're really, that, that part of America is, it's not flyover anymore. It's really growing in, in a lot of amazing ways. Well, that's awesome. Shauna, tell me, you've been with Culture uh, six, seven months now. Um, you know, I, I've heard you talk about it in, in other meetings. Like, what have you been working on these last six, seven months? And, and what are going to be your big initiatives uh, in, this year in 2019? Sure. So obviously the first thing to do is just to really set the foundation, right? And we established the Qualtrics Life social channels, the Qualtrics Life blog, um, a brand ambassador program where our employees here, and we're not just in Provo, we're in um, Seattle, Dallas, Dublin, Sydney, Toronto, and Raleigh. And if I forgot, and Krakow. Like if I've forgotten somebody, they're going to kill me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But really establishing what that Qualtrics Life um, life looks like, whether it's at work or part of our work-life balance or part of just life, um, and being able to tell that story externally, whether it's through our brand ambassadors or just by hashtagging and running campaigns and, and that sort of thing. So definitely standing up that foundation has been first and foremost. Um, I think the, the interesting thing about here that I think maybe I didn't experience as much at GE is it was already bought into. Yeah. I mean, our slogan or our company stands for experience management. Mm -hmm. So we don't really sit down and say, let's talk about candidate experience because it's like, it's already ingrained. Right. Um, everything is an experience. So it's been really interesting jumping in. Um, there's been things that I've been able to get done that took me five years to get done at and probably took me less than five weeks to do at Qualtrics. Well, yeah, smaller companies move a lot faster. And I remember, I remember working with you at the project at, at, at GE, and, it, and just you are an amazing example of somebody sort of pioneering an employer brand. And, and, and I mean pioneer in the fact of being able to, to work with corporate marketing to create that, that synergy and that unity between the employer brand and the consumer brand. And uh, just one part of being right place, right time, but also the right skill set and the right leader uh, in that role and the, the, the portfolio that built there that you built there is just amazing. And people still talk about, you know, the Owen commercials and, and how, how you were able to make a connection um, it, it, with the consumer brand in, in a really big and global way that I don't think anybody's seen an employer brand campaign like that. And then to go to a startup and feel like uh, you get a chance to build it from the ground up. I, you know, I know that feels like it's someone who came from like an SAP and then went into a, this, a startup, you know, that building it from the ground up. It's, it's really fun. It's finally, it's like, oh, I'm free. Like, tell us about like, what has been, you know, that transformation for you? Uh, and, and like, what, re- what really gets you jazzed about this new adventure you're on? And, it, and it's not just the fact that uh, I could tell that you're a dog friendly office because I saw a dog walking past you <laughs> like two minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, dog friendly, skateboard friendly, scooter friendly. I mean, I think there's a unicycle or two around as well. So it's so um, pretty, pretty, pretty <laughs> much the same culture as your last company, right? Oh, totally, right. totally. <laughs> you know, and I, I would be remiss to say or to remind us too, I worked from home 100%. That's with true. GE. I had a global team. Not one person on my team was actually in our country. So this is a completely different um, atmosphere for me to be in. I come into the office every day. My team, most of our recruiting team is right here. However, we do have a lot in Dallas, Seattle, and Dublin as well, and in Krakow and Sydney. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a different, it's a whole different change. Um, but I think that's the thing, Will, is, you know, to your question, at GE, I... I don't, I mean, I, I loved what I did there too. It, sometimes things were a little bit, but honestly, sometimes things were a little bit easier because you have this huge company and this huge brand that you're already working with. Yep. The bureaucracy and that sort of thing was a little bit more difficult than here. And even teaming up with the marketing team there, um, it took me a long time to, to make friends um, and, and at least you know, acknowledge each other and then hopefully like get into the stage where the relationship where sometimes we're holding hands and we're not in a fight, you know, here it was, it it was really instant. Um, And I think maybe one, it's a smaller company and, and they acknowledge the employment brand. But I also think we're moving into this era where companies are recognizing that the employment brand has so much to do with their company brand, whether it's consumer based or business based, you know, and, um, and I think, you know, that's, it's, it's, it's a lucky place for me to be, you know, um, where I can tell you the second meeting, I think it was actually in this room. I was in this room with my talent director and a couple of other people. And we were just talking about the strategy and the plan moving forward. And our CEO and um, I think Jared's title, the two co-founders, Ryan and Jared of Qualtrics, walk in and you know, introduced and, and, and I had already met Ryan. He introduced me to Jared right away or asking me about Glassdoor. What's the plan? How are we going to make sure that, you know, we're, we're paying attention to what people are saying and making changes for what people are saying on there. And, you know, it, it was just so energizing to just see like the importance and the, the understanding already in place. Yeah, right from the top, leading. you know, the, the engagement yeah. from leadership. Right from the know. top. Man, it, you're like a kid in a candy store and a, and a, and a kid who's like born and ready to do this too. So that's just uh, awesome. I'm so excited for you. And it's been awesome just watching your journey. And so it's, it sounds like you've really got the, the foundation in place. And then it, this year is a lot about activating that and getting employees on board. It is. And um, I'm really excited and lucky that I've already established showing the importance of, of what good employment branding does that I'm starting to put together a team of people. Um, so that's nice because sometimes you just can't do it all alone. Um, and we're putting together a team of people really thinking about how do we customize this whole journey? And I don't mean just the candidate or just the brand. Um, we are partnering even with our IO scientists here, our data scientists here on employee experience and saying, look, employee experience starts from before somebody's even aware of our company to being aware from it, Mm -hmm. to converting to an applicant, to converting to a hire, to being an employee, to even maybe beyond that alumni and ambassador. Um, And we're looking at what that looks like all the way across. How do we customize it? But then in normal Qualtrics fashion, how do we connect the data to actually tell the story and the journey to be able to draw conclusions and, and, and decisions from the data insights that we can draw? Yeah. So like the whole life cycle of, of someone uh, before and after their Qualtrics uh, experience as an employee. So 
given that in given that in mind, what what really brought you into the talent brand space? What was that what was that life cycle like to get you into into talent yeah. branding? What was your career journey? Yeah. And you know, I'll tell you, it, this is always that question where I like, I feel like I preface like 15 things before I get into it. No, but I, I just feel like, you know, there's not a great prescription of do this, do that, do this. I think all of us in talent brand can talk about how we got into it and every single story is different, but it's the things that we draw from those experiences that we bring into it that provide us to the professional that we are in the space now, right? So like for me specifically, um, I was more in the marketing side of things um, and really hadn't done anything in recruiting. I, I can't tell you I've actually recruited a single soul to an organization. Um, you know, and, and so I don't bring that recruiting knowledge with me. Now, I really choose people to be part of my team that know that back end of it, that have evolved with recruiting along the way in the last decade, right? And, and can bring that strength because it's not mine. So mine was more of the marketing side of things. I actually um, looked at a job description at GE that was labeled social media recruiter. I'm pretty sure that was the title. And it, walking in, they, they said, you know, hey, we know there's social media. We know that our corporate brand isn't paying attention to it. So we need somebody in recruiting to pay attention to it. So it wasn't even called like employment brand at that point. Um, and it, about six months into it, they were like, this is not like, we're not just going to go post jobs. This is so much bigger, media and get yeah, so much bigger than social media. Yeah. yeah. Just treat this like every other channel, like a job board and just post. Exactly. It's just another place to post and pray at that point. Right. It was the same way of doing things. So, um, so I think that's where at GE really evolving it into, Hey, this is an actual brand and we need to rep and represent ourselves as a brand as, as stories, you know, not, it's not about the jobs really and attract people. What we say here is attract people to the spaceship instead of the seat on it. Yeah, that's awesome. I, so, I remember and I, I remember interviewing at GE like years and years ago, uh, when you, and, and you had been there for a little bit and 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 you know and, and learning about your career journey and seeing how how similar that is. Same thing. I was in the marketing background and moved in and sort of had to learn recruiting as we went. So it's just it, it's awesome to see both the similarities and differences of people's uh, career journeys. And so yeah, you know. And after you built really an incredible program at, at, at GE, uh, what, what motivated you to go to Qualtrics and you know, start over again? Well, you know, and it's funny, um, I, I'll actually probably reference this person a couple of times, but Jennifer Newbill at Dell mm -hmm. is one of my faves. And um, I got on a call sure. with her. I'm sorry. She's a friend for sure. Absolutely. A friend for sure. <laughs> and a facilitator um, last year as and well. And a past facilitator of the mm -hmm. summit, yeah. There you go. Yeah. And she's in my favorite city of the world too, in Austin, Texas. Right. So, um, but she said something that will stick with me forever. And I was just like, am I crazy for jumping from a 350,000 person company that hires 80,000 a year to a company that, you know, is growing really fast, but you know, currently has about 1500 employees. Like, am I crazy for doing this? And she said just simply, you know, Hey, why wouldn't you want to exercise that other part of your brain? Haven't you been doing this? Like you built it. It's, it's, it's there, you know, and like, go, go try it somewhere else. And in a whole different manner of what you need to do, you know, moving from, I mean, GE was dabbling in the digital space, but, you know, more in the industrial era and in the manufacturing era, right? And moving from that into a straight up startup high-tech company, 
Um, and it has been, it's, that's, that's the challenge, you know, and that's the part that makes it really turn. Thank you. I think along with that, it lends itself to our, even what, when we talk about our backgrounds in marketing, um, things in recruiting are definitely evolving. And as you look at high tech space, I've had to use that knowledge here more than I ever did at GE, probably because they buy into it a lot easier here too, though, where it's all about the sales ladder you know, from unaware to aware, to selling, to converting to, you know, and, and, and if we follow that in our recruiting manner, you know, um, it, it's, it's really an exciting thing to see put in place and to, and to really drive a lot of change and fast change in the way that we recruit talent or help people find their fit. Yeah. And thanks for, for actually answering the question that I was supposed to ask, uh, um, <laughs> with, which is, uh, who inspires you in the, in the, in the oh. talent brand space. Uh, and, and she went into the Jennifer Newbill just right on cue. So thank you for that and, <laughs> and for throwing you a curveball. Um, yeah, Brian, what are we covering next? We interrupt this podcast with a special message. Who inspires you in the talent brand space? We're always looking for new guests on the talent brand podcast. If that's you or you know someone who has an interesting story of how they started on the talent brand path, we want to hear about it. Please reach out to us on Twitter, Facebook, or email us at info at talentbrand.org. And don't forget to follow us on SoundCloud, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcast goodness. And now back to the show. So really, if you think about um, what's happening, you're, we're, in, we're inspired. I'm also inspired by Jen Newbel. I've heard yeah. her speak and, and I get inspired because she knows it so well. And part of that is because she's had to, to sell it so well. Yeah. So she ha- you have to sell it in these, a lot of these conversations to prove that value, to be like, this is why we should care about it. This is the impact on our consumer brand. This is our, our impact on the bottom line, on dollars. And mm-hmm. to be able to tell that story, she does a really, really good job of that. And we've talked about this before, right? And, and this is what makes people like Jennifer Newbell and, and, and Shonda, who are, 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 who are some of the leaders in our space building really amazing employer brands, is that ability to sell. You know, it, I feel like we, we all have um, these people that gravitate to this industry are, are really you know, multi-potentialites. They have, uh, you know, sort of their, they, they're chameleons that have multiple of these skill sets that just make this such a great career choice for them. Typically, it's a, a marketing background for sure, but um, just a, a personality towards sales and, 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 and things like that. Brian, well, entrepreneurial. Yeah, entrepreneurial. Entrepreneurial. So that's, entrepreneurial. That's something yeah. that's it's a recur- definitely a recurring theme. So yeah. I, and I, just out of that, I'm going to test this theory, Shonda. So what is the most random uh, career experience you have had that people wouldn't expect? Wait, do you know this already? No, I have no idea. This is a total guess. Will knows. Totally leading into it. No, I don't know. You don't know? No. Okay. Me just throwing it out there. So (laughs) it's truly an entrepreneurial thing, right? Like, didn't you own a business before, Shonda? Yeah. Yeah. So I owned and operated my own performance motorcycle shop. Yeah. Straight out of college. Wow. You didn't know that? No, I didn't. That's I why didn't I was like, that. I didn't remember telling you, but it's no, like, no, I had no idea. But I, so, so, so what I did was I made an educated guess based on um, the people that I know in the space, people that we know yeah. to say like, okay, so I've been a florist, a bartender. I can't, I can't tell you how many different things that I've done. So Same I here. know you've got something interesting in your background. <laughs> well, you know, and that's an interesting point, right? Because, um, Man, so like I did, I owned and operated my own motorcycle shop. And the, and the reality of it is the only reason, it, it, I wasn't like a great motorcycle rider. I liked riding motorcycles, but I wasn't great. But the thing was, is, is I, I was able to market 
right? Like came up with the logo and was able to come up with the marketing plan and, you know, definitely got in with the right audiences and the right, you know, bike gangs and things like that. Right. So it was like, (laughs) I would, I would actually pull up at a stoplight and have, you know, a sport bike next to me revving the engine and would take him on and would race him to the next stoplight and hand him a business card. Um, And I, I did that several times. And I mean, I think that's the thing is, is you learn your, your expertise that make that any kind of business. Right. But I think to your other point is just the variety of backgrounds. So like I've had my real estate license, I've had my insurance license. I also was a florist. Uh, I never was a bartender. Yeah. I don't think I would be a good bartender because I'm just not very coordinated. Like I think it would be a sad story. I probably yeah. drink too much too. I swear, I, I swear, we're kindred spirits. My first, my first business was my own uh, vintage clothing shop, a storefront. See? Yeah. And, so the and thing is, I think all that transferable though. You know, I know, and I think yeah. all of that like lends itself to what we actually apply today. You know, I mean, I can remember doing a lot of consulting work for um, real estate agents and even small businesses for how to market their companies or market themselves as a real estate agent. You know, yep. and. And That's when exactly you what that. I was doing before I took my first employer brand job or a so, social recruiting administrator job <laughs> yeah. at, at, at VMware back in 2008, oh, wow. 2009. Right before that, I was teaching real estate agents how to use social media to mm-hmm. attract first time home buyers, right? It's, a, it's crazy how many parallels. It is. And I feel and like I think discovering new ones. We were talking the other day. I was like, wow, you, you know that person too? Like, yeah, it's just, it's crazy. I'm starting to wonder, like, if all the brands you work for, like, somehow intertwine, right? So, so for people that don't know yet, and we haven't talked about this yet, is Qualtrics um, was recently, well, the acquisition's not final yet. I think it will be soon, yeah. but, um, but it was recently acquired by SAP. Um, and, and at first, I called Will in a panic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, what? I'm going back into like this GE. And Tell this me GE about stuff. SAP. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and the reality of it is, is we are going to be able to be the experience management leader in this industry because of SAP. So mm-hmm. SAP runs all the O data, the operational data. And if we're running all the X data for all these companies, it's a, it's a match yeah. made in heaven. And, and that, that employer brand is my, my baby. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and that team over there, uh, Matthew Jeffrey leads that team is is really great. They've do you know how many people they have on their team? A lot, a lot. Twenty eight. Yeah, twenty eight people. Holy moly, that's crazy. We, but um, but we yeah, spoke to, we we interviewed um um uh, someone recently. They have a team of over a hundred. Wait, is that which interview did we there do? There was eighty, and it, it was eighty. It was eighty, and it was Unilever, and Unilever. it was uh, and it was Za. Yes, that's yeah, right, Za. Uni- wow. Part of an eighty-person team. Yep. Can Guys, you think about this. Like three years ago, we were lucky if we were like a full-time dedicated one. Yeah, one one was lucky. <laughs> one one was like, wow, right. you're so advanced. This is crazy. So this awesome. Is, so this is you, awesome. When you think about everything that we're doing, we, we're there's so many different people, more and more every day, um, getting into the space. Um, so it's really important that we set up ourselves for success, uh, rela- relationships wise. Yeah. And so we think about all the people that we work with. And I know uh, your your upcoming roundtable session at the summit is about those relationships. What yeah. what 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 can you share a little bit about? Um, the kind of the, the, the talk track, obviously the summit's very different, right? So you're not going to be presenting for, you know, for, for an hour and 15 minutes, you're going to be talking, everybody's going to be talking and sharing and pulling all this information. What, what kind of gets you going about those relationships and what have you learned? 
Well, you know, I think one thing that gets me going is the more you talk to people in our space, the more you realize we might be different, but we're still the same, right? A lot of us are struggling with those same relationships, whether it's with leadership, whether it's with marketing, whether it's with internal comms, um, whoever it might be, right? Um, and, and the good news is, is, is the format at this summit, at least from what I understand about it, is about the conversation, right? It's about talking about how we experience those challenges and then talking through together, how do we overcome those challenges and getting some ideas from each other, you know? And, and I think that's what's really cool, one, about the format of the summit, but then also what's really cool to just um, sit back and kind of say, like, I always feel refreshed when I know I'm not the only one. So the idea of that we're all experiencing this, whether you're at a big company or a small company, you have basically these set audiences that you need to be able to um, to influence, um, and for them to buy into it. And then how do we do that? Right. And kind of go amongst the steps of how do we do that? Um, I will say at GE, it took a little bit longer with certain audiences and, and definitely, um, actually we were talking about this today. Um, just how even the fight was, we talked about certain teams or certain silos that you have to work with and how it's a little bit different working with them or sensitive working with them or difficult working with them. And I said, you know, at GE, I think it was even more, there were more factors in it, you know, where it wasn't just even relationships with that silo. It was also political factors and like other things in it, mm. oh, yeah. you know, we're here. It, it, it is really the silos of the teams or not silos, but the teams that we're working with. And then, and then how do we find what works for them? Um, and so I think we'll talk a lot about how do we show them a win for them with what we're doing, um, you know, using data is is one example, um, and and we'll talk about other ways. Um, I think it's also able to really sometimes what we do, if if you think about it, sometimes what we do it is new, relative, and we're kind of taking power away from people who have already had it taken away from them. So what I mean by that is our marketing teams, our leadership, you know, a couple decades ago, they owned every single thing that showed externally about their company, right? So whatever they pushed out was the perception about a decade or however long ago, right? 15 years ago. I can't remember my Facebook told me how long I've been on it the other day. Anyways, um, but social media took that away from them. It totally took control away where now the authors are the people of the world, right? And it's not what I'm pushing out. It's what people are saying about me and how they perceive me. Then we walk in a few years ago as one full-time person. And now we're adding to our teams of up to 80 or whatever. That's crazy. Um, but now we're walking in and we're saying, Hey, you not only don't own it, there's a whole nother thing that actually is affecting it. And mm -hmm. we, we own that. Right. So that's a, that's a hard pill to swallow. If you I put yourself a, in their, in their shoes. That's a really good point. It's like marketing went from, you know, having the megaphone and, and really owning the brand to then playing sort of a control. Now we have to control the brand to now right. marketing almost, that's a good way to say that. almost has to be like a partner. Because almost every job is a marketing job now in some aspects. And so it's like they lead the charge and they can work with the employer brand person. So it not only is recruiting changed because of employer branding and a bunch of other things because of social media, but, but marketing has, has shifted too. And so like how, I, I'm really excited and, and looking forward to the conversation and how other people have tackled this as well. And, and we have so many different industries being represented at Talent Brand Summit this year, so many different Co company sizes, 
um, yeah. you know, from small startups to really large enterprises to really hot startups. Um, so it'll be really interesting. Um, so I, I, I cannot wait for that discussion because that was one that, uh, you know, that your session is new. Um, uh, we, this is one that we covered last year. Well, yeah, it came out of, it came out of the came session. Out of, there were so many good topics yeah. that came out. They were like, oh, hey, we should sell like tools, yep. relationships, how all these things that were just like, oh yeah. We I mean, we talked about it, but it wasn't a set thing. And, and, and that was one of the feedback that came out of people in the last session. We said, hey, what can we do next time? And, and this was the topic because it's, yeah, it's obviously one that everybody hits. All right. So, so Shonda, obviously marketing, marketing is huge. Um, like what, what else? And, and, and by the way, is there a certain team within marketing? Cause marketing can also be a little bit fragmented sometimes. Yeah. You know, and, and I think there are, there's several teams in marketing that need buy-in, right. Um, in order to get my Instagram cards made, I got to be in good with creative so that they kind of like pay attention to me because I am their customer, but a new customer, right. Um, in order to get my video made, I've got to get in good with the video team, right? If I want a culture video and, and I actually, when I got here, um, it was, we need a culture video. We need a culture video. We need a culture video. And I quickly realized that I was not going to have any authoring, uh, of a culture video that, that no one thought that I should own that. Wow. Um, and, and so what I did is getting and go with the video team. We used a ton of B roll. We grabbed some glass door comments that had been made and we put that over it. Um, if you actually go to our glass door page at, for Qualtrics, you'll see it in the header. Um, it's less than a minute long, put some cool music to it. And we've gotten some amazing reviews on it, um, as just the culture for Provo and, and you'll see dogs and skateboards in that one too. Um, <laughs> Wait, but, dogs, dogs on skateboards or dogs and skateboards? Oh, I don't think there's any dogs on skateboards. Okay. They might be in the pool out I just, back. I just but. need to set my expectations. <laughs> um, the... Ooh, I derailed I you. You were talking about the video that you use, which by the way, I love because I remember seeing you post a link to that video, uh, in, in a group and, uh, yeah. and, and that's, that, that was great. So it was, it was being scrappy, right? So it's taking like, we've got B roll, we've got images, we've got music, and then we've got all this content, which is really the voice of the employee. And you just packaged it all together. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, let's round it out with a little bit of, of advice. Like, so if like, what advice would you give yourself, um, starting when you were starting out in employer branding, you know, assume, assume you have a time machine. Yeah. It right? could be a DeLorean, whatever you want it to be. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I think the advice that I would get is give is to try anything, you know, um, I think I was caught up for a few years. I, I would say in the idea that, this is the way recruiting's done things. And so this is the way I should do it. Mm. Um, and I think we really need to step and think outside the box and say, you know, Hey, what do I want to try? And let's, let's just try it. You know? Um, I mean, what's the worst that can happen now? You shouldn't say that, but, um, you know, make an educated guess and take risks. That was um, my, that was my motto. It's like, you know, it, you know, ask for forgiveness, you know, yeah. rather than permission. Sometimes you got to do it. Yeah. The other thing too is um, I, I didn't put in, in talking about these relationships and, and working in, in your company and, and the different functions, I didn't understand the importance of getting the executive buy-in. Um, and I think honestly, I mean, one, I'll share a, a quick story, but I can go in further depth at the summit is the third week I was here, I found myself in a meeting with the CEO and all of his direct reports. And I had basically two minutes 
to show a spike in increase on our careers website the day that we published an article about employees. You know, and I had to make the point of why this was so important and what I needed to do with it and what they needed to do to support it. No um, and that was, minutes. no pressure. Yeah. Yeah. No pressure. But I mean, talk about what a cool, like, like, I guess it's a kid in the candy store, like Will's yeah. analogy. I mean, I was in there just like, yeah, you know, like <laughs> that was my dream come true, yeah. you know, to be able to show the importance that, you know, employee stories and, and actually talking about employees and being transparent and it's not about the jobs. That's what's actually going to get us, you know, major headway. And, and then, you know, being able to say, again, going back to the point of what I wish I would have told myself is not only having their buy-in, but being able to sh quickly say, here's what I need you to do. You know, and, and I think that was huge. And I, I didn't do that um, at GE uh, probably the first couple of years I was at it. Um, so I think, yeah, two pieces of advice would be take risks and realize the importance that you have with your leadership and, 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 and figure out a way to really get, get them behind it in an easy, quick way. Yeah. Well, Sean, thank you so much for joining us. I, I'm I'm very excited to have you a part of, of Town Brand Summit. I love your passion. Uh and and it's 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 gonna be a really good time. Yeah, I can't I can't wait. I know a lot of people are gonna get so much out of that. And uh we look can't wait to see you in March. See yeah. you in Austin. Looking forward to catching up. Not long way. Thanks. Bye guys. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Talent Brand Podcast brought to you by Talent Brand Alliance. If you're an employee experience storyteller, don't forget to join the Talent Brand Alliance group and learn more about the next summit event at talentbrand.org. That's talentbrand.org. Congratulations on making it this far into the podcast. Maybe you're asleep. Maybe you're driving. Let's hope you're not doing both of those things. Regardless, join us March 26th through 28th in Austin, Texas for the Talent Brand Summit 2019. The Talent Brand Summit is a two-day experiential workshop designed to pioneer the next level of employer branding and more specifically, your own talent brand strategy. Leverage your peers as you spend two intense days building your talent brand strategy and deepening your professional relationships in this growing field as we open our playbooks and share what's working and what's not in talent branding. You'll lead the summit with Tomahawk and Archery Skills, a network of talent brand peers and mentors, along with a tangible framework to usher your own program into the future. This event is exclusively for talent acquisition leaders and employer branding and recruitment marketing practitioners. Does this sound like you? Go to talentbrand.org summit to request access to purchase your ticket today.